Some wonder, how can we believe in God if we don't see him? The very easy answer to this is that we believe in a lot of things that we don't see. Both things that are physical, that are not around us, uh, but in a different place, but are still real. And also things that are emotional. For example, we don't see air or oxygen, but it's very real. And not only is it real, without it, every life form on earth would die. Also, we don't see our emotions, but yet they are very real. We may see the results of fear, of hatred, and on the more positive side of love and forgiveness, but no one has ever seen these things. We look under a microscope or a telescope, no one can, has ever claimed to see these emotions. Therefore, we cannot limit to reality to what we can or can't see. So when it comes to God, the fact that we think we don't physically see him does not deny his reality. And this quote is from ancient times going back to perhaps 1,004 years before Christ. It was a Delphic oracle that was quoted by Erasmus in the 16th century that said, vocatus atque non vocatus deus aderit, which means literally whether you see him or call upon him or not, God is still there. In other words, God's reality, God's existence, is not dependent on our acknowledgement and our agreement that God is real. God is real despite us calling upon him, acknowledging him, or not. The heart of our Christian faith is that God is both above the heavens and at the same time here with us. And although God is not seen in a physical way, just like air, he maintains all of creation. As well, God is personal. What that means is that he communicates with humans as witnessed in both the Old and the New Testaments. And even more than just being personal, God is emotional. God sees our pains. God sees our struggling. God has compassion on each and every one of us, and he not only sees our pain, but at the heart of his action on the cross, he experiences pain, and ironically, pain from us. Therefore, he alleviates our pain, but also carries, carries our pain. We believe that Jesus is the incarnate God, not only in the flesh, but also in the emotions of God as expressed throughout the Old Testament. Jesus not only made the face of God visible when he became flesh and walked among us, but he also made visible in his actions and his words the love and compassion of God. And that is why for all of us who believe in the New Testament, we also believe in the importance of the Old Testament as the preparation for the message of Christ, that Christ himself was the fulfillment 
of the promises of the Old Testament. Sometimes when we use this word fulfillment, we see it in a very A-B sort of fashion. There were some passages in the Old Testament that Christ fulfilled. For example, where he was born, where he was to die, and how he was to rise again. However, the Messiah not only fulfilled the promises of the Old Testament in this way, he actually is full of the message of God that is present in the Old Testament. Therefore, God presents himself in the person of Christ, visibly, but also in how Jesus walked and how he communicated to all of us while he lived. There are three very important aspects of our Christian life as revealed through what Jesus did and said. First, that God reveals the love of God. Second, that Jesus invites us into that love of God and to experience it ourselves. And then third, and perhaps the most significant, is that Jesus challenges us to live that love of God so that others may see God's love in us. Therefore, in addition to reading the Bible, people are able to witness God's love in what we say and do. This is a very important theme that goes right from the Old Testament to the New, using these emotions, as I said, in particular the emotion of compassion. For example, from the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles 36.15, the Lord, the God of our fathers, sent persistently to them by his messengers because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling. Isaiah 49, verses 13 to 16 says, For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on the afflicted. And then Psalm 145, the Lord is good to all, and his compassion is over all that he has made. The reason why it is so important to look back at these Old Testament passages is that some people erroneously think that there is a God of the Old Testament that is always angry, that is violent, that is revengeful, and then comes the God of the New Testament with Christ who is kind, and sometimes people see him as the nice guy of the Bible. However, the fulfillment that Christ lived was that he fulfilled the true face of Christ, the true face of God, in everything that was prepared from the Old Testament in passages like these. And that's why when we read, for example, these words in the New Testament, they are not just showing Christ as a better person than the, the one next to him or the ultimate preacher, but really as having fulfilled both um, the presence of God, but also the character of God in his life. So that's why the Gospels show us Jesus showing compassion in his ministry. For example, Matthew 9, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. A few chapters after that, in Matthew 14, 14, as Jesus went ashore, he saw a great throng, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. And also in Jesus' teaching, 
For example, one of the famous parables, the parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus shows the Samaritan to be a model of God's love because of his compassion. Specifically in verse 33 of chapter 10, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. And of course, for those who know the full story, Jesus compares this action to the action of the priest and the Levite who turned the other way. And in a final example, the other most famous parable in the New Testament, that is the parable of the prodigal son, the height of the parable is when the prodigal son returns and the man arose, that is the father, and came to his father. But while the man was yet at a distance, his father saw him and he had compassion and ran and embraced and kissed him. All these passages are very important to keep in mind, not just as random passages in the Old and New Testament, but as how God wants to reveal himself to us. So when we read a passage in the gospel like we did today from Matthew chapter 8, we might see this initially as a very nice dialogue between Jesus and a man. And that Jesus did what perhaps all of us would do if we could, that is heal him. But this passage goes much deeper than that because this passage is another example of God revealing who he truly is and, who, and what he wants us to see. And then from there, encouraging all of us to live that same compassion. Notice the details in today's gospel. A centurion, that is a man who had great authority, came forward to Jesus and he said, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home in terrible distress. We tend to skip through these passages very quickly, but we need to slow down and look at the nuances presented in the gospel. There is a great contrast presented here between the centurion and a servant. One man of great authority, one man of great power, one man of also great wealth. He is able to notice his servant. In other words, someone who is on the other spectrum of society. In this case, the centurion mirrors God's love and shows compassion to someone who is much weaker than him. We could have easily forgiven the centurion if he had not noticed his servant because he was wealthy and must have also had other servants to take care of the servants. But in this gospel, we are shown the great compassion of the centurion because not only does he notice the sickness of his servant, but he brings that case to Christ whom he knows, whom he knows will heal him. And Jesus says something very simple, I will come and heal him. So this dialogue of one who shows compassion is added to by an affirmation of Christ showing compassion to the one who showed compassion. These nuances are very important as we read the Bible because the scriptures are not just random sayings of Jesus the nice guy 
or Jesus the good teacher, but they are at the heart an expression of who God is and a reaffirmation of God's love, God's mercy, and God's compassion towards us. And at the end of this theme of us seeing compassion, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, and God inviting us to reflect that compassion, St. Paul says in his letter to the Colossians, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, and patience. Because although we might think we don't see God, God is seen in the things he did through Christ, but God is also seen through the things you do as followers of Christ. Therefore, our big challenge as we try to see God is to first see God in the ways he has shown himself to us, in the beauty of creation, in the life of Christ, and in his life in our daily life, but also, more importantly, to see God in the way we make God seen in our own life.